In the episode Pawnee Zoo, what are the names of the two male penguins that Leslie officiates a wedding for? Answer at the end of the episode. I'm Pert Hapley. And I am legendary newswoman Joan Calamezzo, newly single. Hello! Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. This is episode number 10, being recorded Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. Today, I will be discussing Perd Hapley and self-proclaimed legendary newswoman, Joan Calamezzo. Remember, if you'd like to email me with any thoughts, comments, hate mail, whatnot, you can contact me at citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. Also, please check out and give me a follow on my Instagram pages at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, which is the show page, and also at Parks Rec Memes, which is my fan page, where I showcase my favorite kinds of fans, box fans, ceiling fans, oscillating. No, just kidding. That was bad. Sorry. Uh, new episodes drop every Wednesday and can be heard wherever you find your podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, before we get started, have a couple emails here. Let me uh, pull these up. Okay. First one starts off. Well, it says, hello. Please don't read this. Just say hello in that goofy ass way you did last week. Um, yeah, I guess I probably shouldn't have read the parentheses part, but hello. I forgot how I did it. But anyway, uh, so here's the email. Whilst enjoying my favorite weekly Parks and Rex pod, I was surprised when you described the jug that they were drinking from during the Prairie Drink Off when you said it was huge. It had to be five to 10 gallons. So I had to look up this scene since I did not recall such a large drinking vessel. Turns out it was a large jug, but at, at best a five liter jug, which is the equivalent of 1.32 gallons. I understand the metric system is a foreign concept despite being used everywhere else in the world. A five-gallon container is what is used on the sidelines of major sporting events filled with Gatorade, where it takes two athletes to carry in order to dump on their coach in a celebratory fashion. I can only imagine Leslie Nope drinking from a 10-gallon container. Brush up on your measurements and keep up the great work, Brian. Elf from Melmac. Uh, this is actually hysterical because when I saw this email, I immediately started, like, I knew exactly what Elf was talking about. Because yeah, I uh, I and I'm not even gonna lie. I, I was gonna like be like, oh no no no, I meant liters, but I said gallons. No, I meant gallons. And yeah, when I go back and think about it, yeah, it's like a five gallon jug would be like her drinking out of a small fish tank. And um, I, if I said five to ten gallons, ten gallons would probably kill a person if they tried slamming that much water. So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, well played, Elf, you jerk. Uh, oh, but that wasn't enough. Elf had to come back and also shame me for a second time by saying, forgot to mention last week's episode was the 10-year anniversary of Andy and April's wedding, just in case you wanted to drop that knowledge to us fellow fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention it. I did, however, uh, on the Parks Rec Memes page, if you want to check that out, you can go over and I made a meme about Andy and April's 10-year anniversary. So suck on that, Elf from Melmac. Okay, and then I have one more email from Horror Maniac 97 that says, Loved the Andy episode as well as the Tammy's episode. Thank you very much. Anyways, Parks and Rec is my all-time favorite show, followed by The Office, Seinfeld, and The Cosby Show. Say what you will about Mr. Bill Cosby, that show has always made me laugh. 
I have no comment on Mr. Bill Cosby. We will let you guys make your own <laughs> comments on Bill Cosby. That show has always made me laugh. What would you say your top five favorite TV shows are and why? Uh, I'll assume that you mean like of all time because that's how you said your list. Um, so anyway, real. I'll try to make this quick. Uh, this is not including Parks and Rec, obviously, which is my favorite show. But um, in no particular order, this is just the way I wrote down the five. Uh, the Office, um, it's just obviously The Office is what got me into Parks and Rec. And The Office is just an amazingly hilarious show. I assume most people that are listening to this podcast have seen The Office or at least know what it is. If you've never watched it, you've got to check it out. If you like Parks and Rec, you will like The Office because it is basically... The, I mean, it's the same creators, uh, uh, Michael Schur and Greg Daniels. Michael Schur is not a creator of The Office, but he was uh, he directed the episodes. He was a producer and he was Moe's, uh, Dwight's cousin on The Office. So anyway, uh, the second one would be The Wire, which was uh, like a, a gritty cop drama that was on HBO. It went five seasons. And uh, this is just, uh, you know, like if you're into cop drama, this is a really, really good show. It takes place in Baltimore, which is a, a pretty rough area, as uh, as I'm told. But yeah, it's just it's it's a really great show where, uh, like like most cop dramas, uh, one episode takes care of one case. In this show, I mean, you have cases that span like an entire twelve episode season, and then some that even carry over into other seasons. But great cast. If you've seen any HBO show, you've probably seen a lot of the actors from The Wire because HBO does that with their actors a lot. They recycle them. Um, this one will probably be a little controversial, but uh, number three for me would probably be Lost. And the reason this one's controversial is because of its ending, which I get it. It was kind of a cop out. Spoiler alert. If you have never seen Lost, uh, take uh, maybe fast forward a minute. But at the end, when they were all uh, dead, basically in purgatory, the the creators, I really feel like they had this in mind. But after like the first episode, people already had this theory. So they had to kind of backtrack and be like, no, 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 that's not what it is. So they had, uh, I, I forgot how many seasons lost one. I think that was also, it was either five or six. But yeah, in the end, that's what the case was. And I... You know, to me, it was more just like, you know what? I don't know any other option they could have had. And if that's the one that they had from the get-go, what are you going to do? So anyway, I loved Lost. It was a very interesting, mysterious show. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's about uh, a plane that crashes on a mysterious island. And it's just a real mind F of a show at times. Number four would be Arrested Development. Again, I don't know why I'm numbering these because they're not in order, but again, this is just a four out of five. Uh, Arrested Development, another hysterical show. If you have not seen Arrested Development, it was on Fox for the first three seasons, and then it got moved over to Netflix for the last two, which I will say are not as good as one, two, and three. I think I talked about this in an earlier episode, kind of like the Parks and Rec special where Arrested Development took a lot of time off there was always rumors that they were going to come back after season three was canceled. And when it came back, I was so excited and I watched that season and it was weird too, because this was almost like quarantine before quarantine happened where every episode in this fourth season of Arrested Development focused on one specific character. It would have like run-ins with other characters, but for the most part, the actors couldn't all get together at the same time to film. So they just had to, you know, kind of work with that. So, Rest of Development is actually one of the 
pioneers of the uh, <laughs> the quarantine filming. But anyway, uh, amazing show, amazing cast. Rest in peace, Jessica uh, Walter, who just passed away. She played the mom, Lucille Bluth. Great actress. Uh, but anyway, yeah, rest in peace. And finally, and this is a, a universal one. I feel like this is on a lot of people's top five list that is Breaking Bad. Amazing show. I don't have to keep saying that for every one of these episodes. Obviously, I think that way because I'm giving you my favorite shows list. But Breaking Bad was uh, also five seasons. And that was on AMC. And uh, again, I'm sure most people know what Breaking Bad is. If you're not, it starred Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron pa Aaron Paul. Is that his? I'm so, I feel bad. That's Jesse. He's the other guy. But uh, yeah, they're basically they just they, they go from kind of nobodies to uh, big time, big time meth dealers and uh, really dark, depressing show, but very entertaining. So those are my top five favorite shows, I would say, probably of all time. Uh, currently, uh, I guess I'm not going to get into that. I don't really need to. So anyway, let's get into Purd Happily. All right. So Perdrick L. Happily, played by Jay Jackson, appears in 31 episodes. First episode was Practice Date. Last episode was a Parks and Rec special. So real quick before I get into his bio, uh, just something about his episode appearance. 31 is actually, he has more episodes than Mark Brandanowitz, Craig Middlebrooks, John Relfio, Jam, Joan Calamezzo. A lot of the big time names on here, Purd actually, he should actually be considered a main character because of how many episodes in. However, there's not many concrete storylines, if any, that really revolve around Purd or even involve Purd. He is just He's a newscaster, so he's always popping up like on the TVs in the background and stuff. And he, um, you know, he has Leslie on a lot and Ben and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. I knew he was in a lot of episodes, but I did not realize he was in that many. So let's go. Purd is a TV journalist and host of the news programs. You heard with Purd, the final word with Purd, lights, camera, Purd and the Purdpulls Court, which <laughs> the Purdpulls Court was great because that was in season seven, I believe, when uh, Leslie was battling with Grizzle. And the funny, it was literally just like the People's Court. You know, it had the same music. I don't know if a lot of you remember the People's Court. That's for us uh, older folks. But it had the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So anyway, like, yeah, he comes out in a robe and it's called the Purdpulls Court. And it's funny because every time someone refers to him, they'll call him Purd and he has to stop him and be like, it's Judge Purd. And then at the bottom of the screen, there's a disclaimer every time that says not a real judge. Very funny. He also hosts a new segment called Are You There, Purdverts? It's me, Purd, hosting a new segment. That's the name of the whole uh, segment. <laughs> uh, the most unique thing about Purd is the way he talks. I can't really describe it, so I'll just read it verbatim from the Purd Happily Wiki fandom page. Quote, he often speaks in awkward, tautological, and semantically redundant news anchor phrases and run-ups like, issue number one is the first issue we're going to talk about, or the statement this reporter has is a question, and also joining us today is another person. End quote. <sighs> okay. He uh, he's very friendly and nice, but like most TV reporters, he's always looking for scandals and shady stories. OK, so on to his seasonal breakdown. We start off in season two. 
Season two introduces Purd, and to start, he's mostly shown reporting on the numerous sex scandals of Councilman Dexart, including in the episode Christmas Scandal, where the sex scandal involves Dexhart and Leslie Nope. That scandal turns out to be a hoax, as Dexhart said that he and Leslie had an affair. Um, but then when they're both on TV, he claims that Leslie has a birthmark on her butt. She pulls on her pants to reveal it's not true. I'll mention this again during Joe's, Jones' segment, but anyway. Um, and then in the episode Telethon, we get to see Purd do the worm on live TV to the song Axel F, which is the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. That's the... Anyway, very, very funny scene because, yeah, they're doing a, a, a telethon to raise money, obviously. And one of the things, yeah, they're, Detlef Shrimp is the guest of honor. And Tom takes him out to the snake hole lounge and Tom gets drunk. So they end up, which is funny, too. He gets drunk off of two light beers, as Detlef says. But anyway, uh, so they're just they're basically people who are at the, the station for the telethon are doing pretty much anything they can think of to kill time and make, uh, you know, just to make a little cash. So Purd ends up doing the worm and he does a really good job actually, but it's, it's awesome. So season three, this season features one of the best interactions with Purd and that comes in the episode media blitz. Here we see Ben Wyatt featured on Purd show, trying to explain himself as the entire town knows about his failure as mayor of his hometown of Partridge, Minnesota. Sorry, if that sounded confusion, that's Ben Wyatt, when he was 18 years old, was elected mayor of his town, uh, Partridge, Minnesota, and he completely bankrupted the town. And uh, I'll get to this more when I get to Ben's episode. But yeah, when he first comes to Pawnee, everyone thinks he's a joke. And they're just like, why are we listening to this guy? He bankrupted the town. You know, like, is this the guy that we want dealing with our finances? So anyway, um, Purd asks Ben seemingly, seemingly simple questions, but Ben who is uh, terrible with being in the spotlight, has a meltdown on the show and refers to Purd Happily as Turd Crapley. <laughs> he covered a lot of the Indian curse, which was in the episode Harvest Festival. And in the episode Jerry's Painting, Purd does an awkward interview with Leslie and Brandy Max about what constitutes sex as art. Season four is pretty much just Purd covering the city council race. Uh, here's actually a really great, uh, great, Great clip from the episode, The Debate. You have 20 seconds. Oh, my God. Okay. I will say that the parks in Pawnee... I are... do have an update on your time allotment, and that update is that your time is almost gone. I have no more time left? Well, you had some time when I started talking, but by the time I finished, your time was up. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, in season five, in the episode Halloween Surprise, after Jerry has a heart attack, Leslie holds an auction to help Jerry's family with the medical bills. Purd donates his book. The thing about me is I'm Purd Happily to be auctioned off. In season six, we find out that Purd went on a date with Anne. And she claims that it was during her Explore My Freedom as a single woman phase and that they got a drink together. At the end of the date, he said, I'm going to kiss you now by putting my mouth on your mouth. And then Anne ran away. Purd also becomes the celebrity spokesman for Sweetums. In the season finale, moving up, Purd is invited to Tom's Bistro for an exclusive Unity concert after party where he arrives with Joan. Season seven. In the Johnny Karate episode, we see that Purd does the intro for the show. The Johnny Karate Super Awesome Musical 
explosion, explosion show. In the episode two funerals, Pert announces the death of Pawnee Mayor Walter Gunderson, played by Bill Murray. Not that that matters at this point, but anyway. And then in his last appearance, which is the Parks and Rec special, he appears briefly having Leslie and Ben on his show as guests. And uh, they strongly urge people to stay connected with others during the pandemic. So that is his seasonal breakdown. Uh, as far as Shured Universe, Jay Jackson does not appear in any other Michael Shure properties. My favorite scene with Purd is <laughs> on his uh, show, Lights, Camera, Purd, he gives his review of E.T., stating, it's a good story, but it's just not believable, which is why I give E.T. one and a half stars. I remember the first time I saw that, I was laughing so hard. One, because if when you watch the scene, I can't recall the exact episode, but Perd had, you know, the 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 review was obviously from the 80s when E.T. came out. So he has like a, a, a kind of like a I, like a flat top, but like a high flat top. Like think of Kid and Play, the rappers, but take like four or five inches off of kids high. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say Afro because it doesn't like fall out. I, I don't know. I'm sorry for my ignorance here. But anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, and then my favorite line from Purd, and this is a classic one. It is after Leslie makes a big speech about her uh, candidacy and it cuts to Purd. He's doing like the closing, uh, his, his closing for the show. And he says, I'm Purd Happily. And I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. Another, and, and this one is very funny because you don't even realize he's not holding the microphone until he says it. And, and the camera is only on Purd and he is holding his hand over like his sternum, like he would be holding a microphone. So his hands in place, there's just nothing in it. Uh, so yeah, again, I, I think most people probably didn't even realize that until he said, and I'm not holding my microphone. Okay. So one quick, interesting fact, maybe not so quick, but an interesting fact about the actor Jay Jackson is that he spent 22 years as an actual reporter in Southern California. And he plays a reporter in almost every role he does. Now, I first noticed this when I was watching Silicon Valley, the final season, another great show, by the way, but the final season of Silicon Valley, there was a part where there was like a, a um, I forgot exactly what happened, but Jay Jackson, I saw him as a news reporter and it was just like, oh my God, it's purred. So I immediately went on and I checked the end credits. I wanted to see if he would be credited as Perd Happily. Like maybe it would just be a fun crossover joke. Uh, but no, it just had him as a reporter. So uh, that didn't pan out. But anyway, I went through his IMDb. And these are the following movies and shows that he has played a reporter in. Okay. Parks and Recreation, The L Word, Silicon Valley, What If?, Scandal, The Orville, The Catch, Rosewood, Bones, Supergirl, Revenge, Hacked, Pretty Little Liars, Sequestered, Battleship, Fred, The Show, Body of Proof, The Mentalist, Fast Five, The Closer, and Dexter. Sorry to uh, run that off, but I just, I thought it was more funny and it's actually very impressive that he has, uh, yeah, played basically the same role in, in, in all of those uh, shows and movies. So it's pretty great. So anyway, that will wrap up Purd Happily. So 
Let's go ahead and move on to Joan Calamezzo, played by Mo Collins. The character was born in Gary, Indiana, and then relocated to Pawnee. Her first appearance, Pawnee Zoo. Her final appearance, Parks and Rec Special. She appeared in 19 episodes. All right. So Joan Calamezzo is the eccentric and unstable host of the talk show Pawnee Today. She is often seen under the influence of alcohol, pills, and other substances. Not always. Uh, I don't want it to make it seem like she's like a junkie alcoholic, but you just you see it numerous times where she's she's not in any condition to do the show, and then you also hear her talk about how she needs quaaludes before the show and everything. It's it's yeah. So anyway, uh, though it is never quite explained why Joan really seems to dislike Leslie. No. My only guess would be that Joan is intimidated by Leslie, so she has to constantly put Leslie down to try to keep her in check. And the funny thing, though, is that on um, the opposite side, Leslie really respects and looks up to Joan, and she's constantly trying to like gain Joan's approval. And anytime there, there's an episode where Joan snaps at Leslie because she, she has Leslie on the show, and Leslie. I believe she invites someone on without telling uh, Joan. And then after the show, Joan just corners her and she's like, don't you ever pull that with me again. It's really funny because Leslie's just like cowering. You feel bad for her. But again, Joan just for whatever reason does not like Leslie. Nope. Okay. Joan also has a very weird and questionable relationship with Tom Haverford. Wow, he is so adorable. Thank you, Joan. Little Sebastian isn't bad either. <laughs> Done. You look amazing. Yes, thanks for noticing. Joan, listen to me. This harvest festival, it's going to knock your socks off. And when it does, I'm going to be there to give you a foot massage to completion. Good Lord. She has been married and divorced twice and refers to herself as, as I stated earlier, legendary newswoman Joan Calamezzo. She's often trying to find dirt on Leslie and Ben and seems to be in her own world at times. She has written numerous books and even has a book of the month club, which she personally selects its entries. Joan is very unhinged and flaunts her sexuality often. <clears throat> Excuse me. She states in this quote, I'm a woman with a strong sexual appetite. I'm like a caged peacock yearning for the wind on my haunches. End quote. <laughs> All right. So in season two, Joan appears for the first time in the episode Pawnee Zoo. Leslie is attacked by the townspeople after unknowingly marrying two male penguins. Leslie appears on Pawnee Today, where Joan and a slew of callers berate her, while the callers demand her to step down as deputy director and annul the penguin marriage. She also appears in Christmas Scandal, where again, Leslie appears on Pawnee Today, this time to dispute a sexual relationship with Councilman Dexhart. When asked for proof about the supposed affair, Dexart says that Leslie has a mole on her butt cheek, to which she denies. Then, to disprove Dex Dexart, Leslie pulls down her pants on live TV and shows Joan, to which she reviews to her audience, there's no mole. In season three, in the episode Media Blitz, Leslie mentions that Joan runs this town referring to her powerful platform on Pawnee Today and the fact that most Pawneeans love her and her show. In Harvest Festival, we really start to see more of Joan's slimy side, 
where she's doing anything she can to get dirt on Leslie and the Harvest Festival itself. She starts interrogating Leslie, asking things like, is that corn maze made from Pawnee corn or is it from Eagleton? And are the Carnies legal citizens? <laughs> to which Leslie shuts her down on both questions. Eventually though, Joan gets her victory when the power goes out at the festival and Joan reports that it's a curse, which you find out earlier in that episode that Pawneeans are terrified of curses. And there's a really great line with Ken Hotate, who is the leader of the Wamapoke tribe. And he does like a little talking head where he says, there are two things I know about white people. One, they love Rachel Ray. And two, they are terrified of curses. Actually, this is a side note. He also says they are ter or they love Matchbook 20. Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20, right? And they suck anyway. And I don't like them. And I'm a white male. I also don't like Rachel. Actually, I don't mind Rachel, right? She's fine. My wife likes her, I think, but I don't care anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not terrified of curses either. This went way off track, and who cares about any of that? So, uh, yeah. Okay. She is also, like most of the citizens of Pawnee, obsessed with Little Sebastian. While taking the tour of the Harvest Festival with Leslie, she has shown Little Sebastian, and her response is, are you bleeping kidding me? You got little Sebastian? And immediately runs over to see the mini horse. She's also very impressed that they got NBA legend Larry Bird's 84-year-old Aunt Tilda to sign autographs at the festival. Which is, yeah, I love that one too, because Leslie has um, uh, an autographed picture of Larry Bird, uh, not on her desk, but on like the cabinet right behind it, or the, the drawer right behind it. And you see this all the time. So it's kind of, I think Larry Bird might be from Indiana. I'm pretty sure he is. But yeah, I just, I love that. that and that's how Leslie says it, like the kind of the way I said it. She's like, and over here, we have NBA legend Larry Bird's 84-year-old Aunt Tilda. And even Joan's like, you got Tilda? Like she's super excited. So apparently Tilda Bird, I guess, is a celebrity in Pawnee. Or in Indiana, at least. They called her in for the show or for the festival. So season four. In the episode, Born and Raised, Leslie has written a book about the history of Pawnee that she's trying to get into Joan's book club, which is uh, which I already talked about. Actually, I had that written down. It's an exclusive collection of books that have Joan's stamp of approval. Joan teases Leslie about giving the book. Uh, it's actually a sticker. It's called the stamp of approval, but it's a big ass circle sticker that she just plops on the cover. And it just it says Joan's book club. And that's like certified fresh almost if it was Rotten Tomatoes. But um, yeah, so she teases Leslie about putting the sticker on before revealing that she has information that Leslie may have not been born in Pawnee, as she is constantly telling everyone. Tom, doing whatever he can to help disprove the rumor, takes the newly divorced Joan out to lunch alongside Ben. The plan goes sideways as instead of getting her stamp on the book, Joan gets completely wasted and starts aggressively flirting with Tom which scares him because their mutual flirting had always been just that since they were both married. Now, Tom uh, was divorced at this time too from Wendy, so they're both single. Okay. Uh, after it is discovered that Leslie was born in Eagleton, she gives a speech on Pawnee today, insisting that she truly didn't know and that while she was born there, her heart has always been in Pawnee and that she loves the town. And finally, Joan puts the stamp of approval on Leslie's book. However, there is the caveat as well that on the other side of the book, she has her gotcha stamp, which uh, 
I <laughs> Leslie, uh, yeah, she says that Joan operates with her gotcha journalism, which is basically almost like mudslinging <laughs> in a way. So she actually has a celebration too every time. It's like there's the gotcha girls who all come out and they're they're like they have a coordinated dance and it's like Joan's gonna get you something like that. I can't remember the exact song, but uh, yeah. So it has gotcha on one side and then her uh, stamp of approval on the other. Okay. Like Purd, Joan does reporting throughout the city council race. Alongside Purd Hapley, she hosts the debate, which consists of candidates Leslie Nope, Bobby Newport, Brandy Max, and others. During the debate, Joan takes small pot shots at Leslie throughout, including uh, candidates, can we please keep this civil? I'm looking at you, Leslie. In season five, the episode Emergency Response, Ron Swanson volunteers to appear on Pawnee Today to promote an event for Leslie. He ends up pretty much running the entire show as Joan says she is sick due to allergies. And by sick, she's literally lying on the floor uh, during Ron's entire appearance. Like you can see, uh, I, I, there's the two chairs, you know, Ron's sitting on one. And I, I believe there's a part where you actually just see her legs resting on the chair and that's it. So she's just laying with her back on the floor, but legs up on the chair. And yeah, she's got like, yeah, she's just, she's completely like wasted, hung over. So when a caller asks, what's wrong with Joan? Ron says, she has a bad hangover, which she is pretending is allergies. In the episode Recall Vote, Joan has Ron on her show to promote a new chair he has built, which is featured in the premier weekly newsletter of Pawnee, Bloosh, which is actually a really big deal. I was trying to think of like what this could be compared to. Um, I guess... I don't know. I think Elon Musk has like a uh, a company, the one that he was building flamethrowers with. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but I was listening to um, my buddy, uh, my buddies over at Flips and Bumps podcast, and they were talking about uh, one of my my buddy Sasha was talking about a hat that he had found that was. Fr I feel like an idiot that I don't know what the name of this company is. But anyway, he bought the hat at uh, Goodwill for $1.99 and he ended up selling it on eBay for 50 bucks. And this is clearly just because of the name. So that's this this magazine, Bloosh, is run by Annabelle Porter, who we see in a couple episodes. But it's just a really ritzy thing. And it's like, if your product ends up in Bloosh magazine, you're like hot sh boop crap. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, let's go on to season six. In the episode, New Slogan, Joan tells Leslie that she has been thinking about rebranding herself, asking Leslie what she thinks about the name Juan Calamezzo. When Leslie questions Joan about Juan being a man's name, Joan quickly says, no, it means flower. In the season finale, Moving Up, we see Joan at the Unity concert where Tom invites her to his restaurant, Tom's Bistro, telling her she's got to come after the concert. She sees John Ralphio and asks, will this medium drink of water be there? I think this is the first, maybe only time that uh, John Ralphio and Joan interact. We should have gotten so much more of these two together. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. But yeah, I believe this was the first time. And it's kind of a short scene, but it is, it's funny. So it would have been great to see these two together. And uh, right after she asks if he's going to be there, the two of them start dancing very closely and like kind of they're about to start grinding on each other before Tom separates them. Later in the episode, Joan shows up to Tom's Bistro with Perd Happily, and this is what they order. Hello, 
Joan. Hello, Perg. Thanks for coming by. Mwah. Can I get you a drink? I'll have the Joan. It's a tumbler of gin and it's got crushed aspirin around the rim. And I would just like an empty glass. Okay, moving on to season seven. In Ron and Jammy, Joan is being honored and being added to the Pawnee Walk of Fame. We see Ben congratulating her, but giving her the bad news that he wasn't able to accommodate all of her requests, which include not being able to get Buddy Holly to sing as he has been famously dead for 60 years. And this is great because there's also he there's a bottle of champagne that she wanted, but Ben tells her that it doesn't exist because it's actually a, a, a cologne, I think, or a perfume, maybe, or it's a, a city in Italy, but it's it's not champagne. Uh, and then, yeah, when he when she asks about Buddy Holly and Ben tells her, no, he's been famously dead for 60 years, her reaction is, what? Like, she is genuinely, like, appalled and totally mortified by this discovery that Buddy Holly is not still alive. Uh, after that plane crash. Okay. April approaches Joan about getting an autograph on her new book, A Portrait in Words, Game of Jones. Then April explains how over the last three years, and this was, uh, again, in in season seven, they did a three-year time jump from the end of season six to starting season seven. So um, I actually, I did, I didn't even think of that until I was doing the research for this right now, how April says over the last three years. So she's given us the breakdown of how it was in between. But anyway, April explains how over the last three years, Joan has gone off the deep end, citing that she did, she did a string of shows from rehab where she had a camera crew filming the would-be anonymous attendees who did not give permission to be filmed. And it's great because she actually introduces the woman about to speak by her first and last name. And the lady's just really like taken aback. And she's like, I thought this was private and really funny too, actually, just because I thought of it right now when I was watching the thing, not right now. I did this last night, but anyway, uh, small little tidbit. You do see Harris Whittles sitting right next to this anonymous woman, which is actually kind of sad when you think about it, because he did die, I believe, of a drug overdose. Harris Whittles played the character Harris on the show. He was one of the uh, the animal control guys. He was the the smaller guy. The you know they're both idiots, but the shorter one. And yes, I uh, actually in the very last episode there is a little tag for him that says "Rest in peace, Harris. We love you or we miss you." So very sad there, but. It was, uh, again, I never noticed him in that scene, but yeah, he doesn't talk. He's just sitting off to the side. So it's kind of funny in the show because you know, he's a big time stoner, which doesn't constitute rehab, I don't believe, but probably something else. He's probably into other drugs as well. So it was kind of bittersweet, but uh, anyway, kind of a funny little Easter egg there. Um, Not funny. Sorry. So uh, where am I? Uh, She also, uh, April tells that, Joan gave every member in her audience a car. However, it was literally a car that they all had to fight over. Very funny scene. And it just shows like seven or eight people. Like there's a nice red uh, convertible. I don't know what exactly what kind of car it is, but there, it shows like six or seven people just beating the hell out of each other. There's actually one guy in the background, like keeled over a railing. Like he is either dead or just got the crap kicked out of him. But yeah. It, it's hilarious. Again, they're all fighting over one car instead of uh, like Oprah, where every single person got their own car. And finally, 
April states that Joan did a show where she called all of her ex-boyfriends while sitting on a washing machine. And it is here that we find out that Joan at one point had an STD because in this clip, she's on the phone and she says, well, Eric, if you didn't give it to me, then who did? <laughs> then April reveals that she loves Joan so much and hopes that she's her real mother. In two funerals, Joan turns down the opportunity become in, to become interim mayor for Pawnee, stating that she is too young to be mayor and that she is only 27 years old. She doesn't say 27, but she talks about, she just says, well, I was born in, and I can't remember the date because obviously this show, this episode aired like five years ago. So, but Ben does the math in his head immediately. And he's just like, you're 27. And she's just like, mm -hmm, and like kind of shakes her head. Like, yep. She's like probably mid forties at least in this. Um, Mo Collins, if you are listening, and I'm sure you are, because why wouldn't you be listening? I apologize if I'm off on the date. Please forgive me. Uh, okay. And then um, finally, in the Parks and Rec special, we see Joan for the last time interviewing Ben and Leslie on her show via Zoom call. And the two of them start to realize that Joan is starting to go crazy during her isolation. Okay. So that wraps up Joan's season by season breakdown. She, like Jay Jackson, or I'm sorry, Mo Collins, like Jay Jackson, does not appear in any other Michael Sure properties. My favorite scene with Joan is probably the the scene I just talked about, the, the whole Walk of Fame scene. Just that you have to watch the it makes it so much better when you actually see the part, especially the people fighting. And actually just the whole scene, it, it's incredible. Like the fact that Joan would bring a camera crew into a, a rehab clinic and interview people and actually like call them out by name on live TV when it's supposed to be anonymous. Uh, so I love that. And here is my favorite line from Joan. And just to preface, this is a scene that I just talked about recently with the Tilda and Lil Sebastian, uh, her reactions there, but I'm just going to play them because they're just too good. Over in this booth, Indiana basketball legend Larry Bird's 84-year-old Aunt Tilda will be signing autographs for two hours on Thursday. You got Tilda? Yeah. Oh. We got Tilda. <laughs> but the real coup is over there. Lil Sebastian. You kidding me? You got Lil Sebastian? Keep for yourself. Oh, wow. He is so adorable. Okay. So that is, uh, yeah, that's, that's my favorite line from Joan. And real quick before uh, I end this, I just wanted to say uh, a little something about Mo Collins, actually. I don't know Mo Collins personally, however, and I'm probably looking way too into this. I just wanted to say that she seems like an incredibly, uh, an incredibly nice person. I, um, I know she used to be on Mad TV, so I didn't know her that well before she was uh, on Arrest, or, uh, Parks and Rec. However, she did have a small role on Arrested Development, and then she was on Mad TV. So my wife used to watch that, and she was actually like, oh, you don't know who Mo Collins is? But anyway, what I'm getting at is on my uh, Parks Rec memes Instagram page, I've tagged Mo Collins in, uh, in a few posts and even some of the stories. And she's, she's liked a couple and she's actually replied to a couple. So it's, it's just, it's really awesome. I mean, I, you know, I'm a nobody and it's not even a big deal to her. It's probably just like took her like five seconds to do, but it really means a lot to, you know, people like me and probably other people who are like, you know, office fans and parks and rec and any of this kind of stuff, 30 rock, whatever. If you can, anytime you get a celebrity 
re- reply or like a celebrity to share. It's just, it's very, it, it feels great. Like it, it really makes my day when I sing, see things like that. Like I've had a couple other people on the show reply or like comments. Uh, and that includes uh, Mara Marini, who plays Brandy Max, um, Kurt Fox or Kirk Fox, who plays Sewage Joe. Um, yeah, and then there's a couple other ones, but yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, Rodney Toe, who plays Typhoon, he commented, and uh, Todd Sherry, who is Marshall Langman. So that's a few there. Um, but yeah, it's it's really it, it's great. So anyway, not to toot my own horn, I just wanted to give Mo Collins a shout out because she um, she's very nice, at least what I've gathered from uh, a couple of those replies and just taking the time to do that. So Mo, like I said, I know you're listening. So uh, thank you very much. Okay, so that is going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to send any emails to citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as at Park Rec Memes. Park Rec, Parks Rec Memes. Jeez, I haven't said that a thousand times. <laughs> New episodes drop every Wednesday and can be heard wherever you're listening now and on most major podcast platforms. Next week, I will be discussing... Jerry, Larry, Terry, Gary, Gengerch, Gergich. Woohoo! Jerry Gergich. This has been Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I will see you next week. The answer to the question, the name of the two male penguins that Leslie officiates a marriage for are Flipper and Tux.